0: Welcome to Upstate Unconventional. We're not going to go off the rails right now because we got some complaints from the last episode that we went too far off the rails. We got
1: one complaint.
0: It's still one complaint that like, it was like, basically the tone was like, it was being disrespectful to the interview, like our beginning of the podcast where we were talking about just crazy stuff. And- i don't, i didn't think it was disrespectful i didn't think you know what i mean it's our show but
1: we had a few crabby people yeah we had some list. crabby people crabby people
0: so i i apologize to the previous guest if the beginning of the show was <laughs> uh too off the rails but he didn't complain there, so
1: that's I, our sh- that's our
2: style right we, we like do. to talk <laughs> we
0: like to do stuff and like Basically, the person was, like, claiming I wasn't taking the interview serious because we were joking around at the beginning. We
1: always have an intro that's separate from our guests.
0: Right. So, like, just get over yourself, people.
1: Oh, that's silly.
0: It is silly. So, anyway, but, yeah, you had some interesting interaction.
1: And then I had somebody Mm -hmm. that just decided to say to me, to, to, to DM me and say like ha huh. supernatural redhead hey eh? what's so supernatural about you anyway i have a friend that's a woman that's a redhead and there's nothing special about
0: her <laughs> basically and then it was like
1: that's what he said <laughs> and then i thought this is this has got to be a joke right okay and this person follows like a few people that or follow us and yeah. follow them like yeah. friend, like podcaster friends. And I was like, I'm just going to write back lightheartedly mm-hmm. as I normally would.
0: Right. Like this obviously wasn't just like a fake account. Like this
1: is a person. So I wrote back typical of what a normie might say. Right. Wink, kiss, heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I put normie in quotes.
0: in quotes. Right.
1: And so then he, that was it. He was the Furious. Opened. Furious.
0: Basically, he was saying that your redhead, little redhead series that you do on there <laughs> was like misinformation. Like, basically, there's nothing supernatural about you people at all. Right. And this is like.
1: He said that his best friend is also a redhead and he would feel profiled. Right. By what I'm doing. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, You remind me of. What What was the name of that woman? I don't
0: remember.
1: Some woman. Barbara somebody from the 60s. You Uh new-aged woman, you. Right. Spitting this (laughs) mumbo-jumbo. I mean, it was literally the wording that this man, this gentleman used. And then I said, oh, no, no, no. It's Mm -hmm. a fun thing I do there are some qualities about redheads that are interesting that I like to, because I am a redhead right? and I have these experiences. And then I said something along the lines of don't take the normie thing. If that, that's upsetting you. That's just, that was just a way for me to distinguish a non red redheaded person. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he said, my name is not norm. It's blah, blah, blah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And please address me that way and And that's when i said have a good evening blah 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 and then i blocked them yeah because i said i don't need this negative energy
0: no like and that's the thing like some of these people man they're so far up their own assholes like they can't like this is entertainment you know what i'm saying anyway
1: But anyway, I just thought that was very funny.
0: It is funny. And
1: typically I like a little banter back and forth. But this gentleman in particular was not, it wasn't the kind of banter that I enjoy. It was
0: Yeah, it was just like.
1: He had a problem.
0: Right. He didn't like you. He
1: didn't like me. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, this is going to go nowhere.
0: Right. But anyway, speaking of redheads, that's a big topic that gets discussed in today's episode. Because we're speaking with the one and only Ron from New England from the Wicked Planet podcast. Oh my gosh! Rosie is blushing here.
1: I still can't believe it.
0: Because she's madly in love with Ron.
1: I can't believe it. I can't believe it. They, came on. Uh,
0: you guys are kindred spirits. We are one hundred percent.
1: One hundred percent.
0: And uh, yeah, I've been talking to Ron for the past like year and a half, trying to schedule something.
1: And then I just steamrolled in and, and steamrolled in
0: and made it happen. I That's
1: Ron. Would you ever consider? He said, of course. <laughs> and I said, let's do it.
3: Yeah.
1: And we did it hey. a week later. Uh huh. He's off the charts. Great guy. Great guy. Oh, Great
0: guy. I love him. Yeah.
1: And he's got a lot of redheads in his family.
0: He's you guys go little... into the whole. We
1: go into the whole thing. R-H... Too much
0: RH negative stuff. You got to get tested for that. I'm going to. You got to do it.
1: I don't want to give too much away of what we talked about because I want you to listen to this episode because it's fantastic. But he has the Wicked Planet podcast. So entertaining. So many things I love about it. It it is my favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. And I say because he, yes, he gets into very serious dark stuff a lot. It's heavy. He's got some great people on the show that do it with him. But the intros to the show are comedic gold Mm -hmm. done by buckley buckley
0: yeah it's just everything it's one of my favorite shows too i never miss an episode of the wicked planet
1: and then he and then and then he cracks me up too because ron because then he'll get into like i love when he talks about his life Mm -hmm. so they keep it very light in the beginning Mm -hmm. very light and then they get into the darker Mm -hmm. you know heavier topics
0: yeah
1: yeah it's a great it's a great podcast yeah
0: and if you're not listening to it go listen to it Great Mm -hmm. show.
1: It's a great one. Can't say enough good about it. No, not at all. But this is a great episode, guys. I'm so excited about it. And I would love to have him on again. Or I think we have some plans of maybe joining in over there at some point.
0: Hopefully, one night we'll call in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a good show. I want to get him back on, talk more, get more into some of the topics we talked about in this episode.
1: These are very interesting person to talk to for sure
0: definitely but without further ado let's begin the episode (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of upstate unconventional today we have a very special guest this is rosie's absolute favorite podcast she's a little starstruck right now Uh (laughs) but uh
1: blushing a little
0: bit uh, i've never missed an episode of this show and uh we have him here finally after about two years of talking back and <laughs> forth the man the myth the legend ron from new england from the wicked planet podcast how you
4: doing ron i'm doing great guys hey listen you know i told rosie uh when we when we were uh talking about setting this up and i said you know i, I used to talk to nico and we were gonna get together like a year and a half ago Uh, like on the tavern and stuff like that so so i apologize i have a lot of catching up to do you know my life has been really busy so it's it's hard i mean we still only have like you know one night a week that we record our show the wicked planet and uh i'd like to like do a little bit more there if i can but i don't know you know this is a really busy time of year for buckley you know with his job with the weather that we get here and you guys are no strangers to that because you get Mm. it there too and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and we'd like to have Sean come in, you know, as often as he can. And, uh, and he's, he's got more time in the winter. So I don't know. We're just kind of working it out, but.
1: Well, it's a great show. I mean, oh, I just absolutely, I do. It's my favorite show. You're my favorite, Ron. And you. I have to tell you that everything about it, like the introductions, oh, you know, Buckley God. does an amazing job and I just laugh. My ass off when we uh, we're usually doing it like we we listen to it religiously. I think you put on on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. So usually on Fridays after we drop the little guy off to school, we put it on and we're just we're dying. We love it. Well, um,
4: I think I think we cover some interesting stuff. You I do. Mean, you know, I like to keep things a little comedic because you got to take you got to be light. Yeah. You have to be lighthearted on some of this stuff that I mean it's just so bad things that are going on you it's so to,
1: heavy that yeah you
4: have, to, you have to laugh at it on occasion right so we try to do that so so I'm not sure if this ep, uh this week's episode is going to be out today of course I told you what I got going on this afternoon so mm-hmm. I've already started doing the editing I did have to edit out quite a bit because Buckley and Sean got into it pretty good last night. oh <laughs> and, no you uh, should have left it <laughs> so you gotta you I, no, I left a lot of it. Okay, good, good, good. Uh there was just some of it that just didn't need to. I was like freaking referee last year. Yeah. Night. Uh and that does happen because uh Buckley's got very strong opinions and so doesn't Sean. So uh yeah, it, it was interesting, but it's still a really awesome show. I know people are gonna love the show. I so can't wait to hear yeah, I can't so wait I work on that. So that might be a little delayed. That might not come out today. Uh I I might finish it up and put it out tomorrow. I'm going to try to get it out today. So any of your listeners, if they're looking forward to that, hopefully uh, they'll do that. But, but yeah. So uh, so, yeah. So I told Rosie it's been, it's been too long. And, uh, and I, uh, I just cleared everything off my schedule uh, today best I could so that we can
1: really appreciate it. We Mm -hmm. really appreciate it. It's
4: not a problem at all.
1: That's great. Well, you have such an interesting family life. Like I, I think your past is so rich, and I want to talk a little bit about your relative, your the guy we were talking about the other night okay, in our yeah. conversation. Um, so do you want to get into that a little bit? Your your sure, family history? Yeah. yeah, because I know our listeners is there. Our listeners are very much into that sort of thing, yeah. and
0: and then we'll get into some paranormal because I know you've had some. I mean, you call it the haunted garage, so we got to get oh, into yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
4: Yeah, we can get into talking about my ancestor. Uh, I am still learning more and more about it. And uh, because, you know, that subject goes way deeper than even what we've been taught and uh, skimmed over by historians or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Like that story goes like so deep on so many different levels. Yeah. It's really mind boggling. And as a matter of fact, I had gone up to get little G uh, at my mom's after work the other day. Cause she goes, she gets off the bus right here, like right at the shop. She goes up to my mom's. She's very attached to her, granny. And my mother's like, Oh, uh, Susie and Susie is our cousin that does all the genealogy and all that stuff. And she's the one that lives out by you guys. Oh, okay. And she had sent my mom this other pamphlet that goes even deeper into the whole Proctor thing. So it's like, wow, man, I don't have time to sit down and read this right now. I mean, it's like a hundred page pamphlet. So I am learning more as we go. And uh, in another funny thing, you know, our friend ghost, right. From my third eye podcast, uh, him and I are going to be getting to what we're planning on getting together. When I get our schedules to like, like hit, you know, mesh up. And he asked me if I knew this, uh, Trask gentleman, uh, that's down in Salem actually I think he's in Peabody but what, what, what a lot of people don't know they talk about Salem witch trails but what they need to know is that that encompassed that whole region of Massachusetts right you know stuff was going on in Andover which is I, I did a show on they were actually doing a documentary about that called the last witch
2: wow
4: and uh, and she was the last witch to be exonerated I mean exonerated not just pardoned of witchcraft, and that and that took place this last July. So that was really really cool news.
0: And you but, had uh, them on your show, right, to talk about that? Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I had the writer,
4: the director, and the producer run. Mm-hmm. So, so Ghost asked me if I heard of this Trask guy. Well, this Trask individual is also a Proctor descendant, so we're related down the line somehow.
2: Interesting.
4: And and uh, he actually runs the PBD museum. Which is where they have all of the Salem Witch Trials documents are actually at the Peabody Museum. Gotcha. And and John Proctor's big farm that he owned was in Peabody. Oh, okay. So so, I mean, he had land in Salem. What you know, well, Salem Village, what they call Danvers today. They changed the name uh, because it's kind of confusing for some people that don't know. But you have Salem, Massachusetts. And then you had Salem village, Salem village is actually where all this stuff transpired. Okay. And, and because of the whole stigmatism of the witch trials, they changed the name of Salem village to Danvers. Okay. Okay. And Peabody is right next door to that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it, it is a very deep subject. Uh, I, I did not make it down to Salem yet. I'm actually going to wait till after my hip surgery Uh, and i've got a lot of things lined up and uh, we're going to go down there and we're going to we're going to get some good footage you know for the visual podcast but uh yeah so whatever you want to talk about rosie we can get right into it so
1: cool well we went to salem finally it's a place we've been wanting to go for so long and we went in september
0: September. so
1: end of september so it's nice because we beat the Halloween, you know, we were right before the Halloween stuff, because I heard that once October hits, forget it. You can't even yeah. make it there on the weekend.
4: Oh, no, and that's, know. that's true. You can't even get into Salem. There is no places to stay. There's no places to park, nothing. It's like total, totally like party atmosphere for the whole month of October, Yeah, obviously coming to an end at Halloween and in like the week after Halloween. So,
1: right but it's such an awesome place to go. And I can't wait to go back. And we're thinking about probably maybe the spring Mm -hmm. uh, to go back again. It's so not necessary to go around Halloween. The the history is so rich, you know, and you feel, I just, I just loved the way I felt there. You know, so many people were like, Protect yourself. Like people that heard I was going there, like protect yourself, carry this, you know, make sure you're wearing this crystal, blah, blah. I always have them on me anyway, but no, I felt at home, <laughs> 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 completely um at ease there. I love the history. I want to go back and I want to go around the towns around there because when we are even in other parts of Massachusetts, as you were kind of saying before, I feel there's such a rich history of sort of like that witchcraft and um those ancestors because when we're even on cape cod i feel that there i feel it you know like in my bones and um i've had so many spiritual experiences on cape cod
4: yeah so, so it's interesting uh, so so there's an interesting history that's uh like surrounded by the cape as well Okay. When it goes goes back to the Pilgrims And it's stuff that a lot of people don't know about So I myself Also love the Cape And my mom tells me About that was the go-to place When she was growing up You know, when she had actually moved to Albany You know, from New Hampshire uh, That their vacations Would always include And even when she was older After high school and stuff Her and her girlfriends would always take trips to the Cape So
2: Mm -hmm.
4: when you're a New Englander like that's like the cool place to go is the Cape.
2: Yeah.
4: Again, you gotta pick and choose the right times to go. So yep. this last year we went on Memorial Day weekend. Boy, that was a mistake. Yeah, I bet yeah, we go in October because it's yeah. Everything in the Cape is shut down in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean I mean if you go to Provincetown or whatever, uh Chatham, you know, the big towns and they're big. Yeah. Like everything is open. But what I'm saying, like they're not allowed to do uh certain things on the Cape, certain construction projects are not allowed to be done at certain times of the year.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And Memorial Day is like when the Cape opens.
1: Yep, exactly. I'll tell you
4: what it was brutal. I still enjoyed it, still had a great time because we have yeah. friends that live on the Cape. So we go and we we visit with them. But uh, but yeah, no, the the Cape, the Cape originally is where the pilgrims on the uh I want to say maybe the Mayflower. Or the first pilgrims, the Puritans, that is where they initially landed, was on the Cape. It wasn't Plymouth. Oh, okay. Okay, so so they landed on the Cape. What what and they started to build villages and you know, the whole infrastructure and everything like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: The problem is, is where they landed on the Cape, there was not an abundant supply of fresh water. Okay. So are you familiar with the town on the Cape called Truro? Yes. Okay, so Truro was where all the water was. All right. Well, you know, in a car, it's not far from Truro to Cape Cod. I mean, uh, excuse me, Provincetown. But if you can imagine, back in those days, that was a long ass haul to go oh, get yeah. water. Right. Absolutely. So, so after a after a period, they they had figured out that that wasn't going to work. So they loaded up and they went to plymouth and that's okay. what the massachusetts bay colony actually set their roots was oh. plymouth, which is which is uh you know obviously if you look at a map of massachusetts you have got the cape that's like the big elbow right yep. plymouth is inside of that it's inside that bay mm-hmm. so uh so that's a little interesting uh fact about about the cape that's yeah,
1: very pillars. interesting. I did not yeah, know that. that I know. Yeah. I used to, I mean, I've been a cape girl since my, you know, since I was born, you know, like my mom went there when she was little. Now it's just tradition, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and every year we would first stop to Plymouth and do the whole thing there with my grandparents, and then we would go to the Cape for like a month. And we've been continuing that. We can't go for a month now, but you know, it was it was such a great childhood for me. The experiences I had there, and um, yeah, there's nothing like it. I mean, the memories just are so rich of being there. And now that I'm older, like I was saying, I feel such a deeper connection to it, and it's unexplainable. This isn't just a vacation place for me. I get recharged when I go there. I also feel, feel most at home when I'm there too.
4: Okay. So that is something that that's like a little bit of a phenomenon. Like when I get away from the town that I live in, Mm -hmm. it's like, everything changes. It's like this whole weight comes off your back. Yeah. And of course that all goes to this thing that Sean and I know that we're living in a cursed town. And I mean, we're just not making that up. Like we are fully aware of that Hmm. when I get away from here. And, and going to the Cape is is a good example. Going to Maine also for me, the coast of Maine is is another one uh, yes. that, that really has the same the same kind of feel that you get while you're there. Now, now Maine isn't far from the Cape. No, <laughs> you
2: no.
4: Know, I mean, you could take a you could take a boat from uh, what is it uh, oh, Queen? Uh, not Queen Anne's. It's the tip where Provincetown is. They have the ferries. Yep. There's a ferry that goes from there to like Portland, Maine. Oh really? yeah, and it's and it, and it doesn't it doesn't take very long apparently if they still okay. run that ferry. but uh, but anyways, yeah, so you get those feelings and it's kind of weird because I think that's in not only ancestral, it's mm-hmm. in your DNA, right? So mm. when you go back to a place that makes you feel at home, well, there's a reason for that
2: mm-hmm.
4: right And I, now now listen, I have never been to Salem. Massachusetts.
1: I'm please. I'm shocked to hear that knowing, you know,
4: okay. So that goes, that's a family thing. And I'm going to be breaking the, breaking the tradition of that. So uh, just a quick story. Okay. When they were filming the movie, the crucible mm-hmm. with Daniel day Lewis, they did that on location. A lot of people don't know that really. And that was a big deal because that was right around the 300 year anniversary uh excuse me uh 16 yeah the 300 year anniversary of the salem witch trials wow i didn't
1: know that was on location
4: yeah so uh yes it was right it was on north shore what we called north shore yep okay uh which is like uh you know gloucester salem lynn you know all those towns Mm -hmm. and uh so the production company had reached out to my uncle charlie which is actually my great uncle. It's actually my mom's uncle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and invited any of the family members to come down and check it out. Wow. And my uncle Charlie's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) Because they're like, well, why not? And he's like, well, because that was, you know, our, our ancestor was killed there, murdered by the church and by the government and and to this day like my family still won't do anything to have anything to do with organized religion which which is another thing that i kind of are are breaking away from now i don't go to church or anything like that and i don't consider myself an ultra religious person Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting subject and i like to study it and i like to learn about it yeah and obviously the stuff that sean and i have got going on that that brings a lot of that into it right Mm -hmm. yeah but anyways but uncle charlie said yeah okay we're not we're not interested in doing that and then he proceeds to tell everybody else in the family that you know he can't tell us what we can and can't do but he would prefer if we didn't go right Mm -hmm. okay so 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 consequently none of us went you
1: never went right
4: now we still have quite an enclave of proctors up here in new england okay Mm -hmm. so so my uncle charlie was charlie proctor right and my my mom is a proctor my grandmother who was uncle charlie's sister you know they're all proctors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh so, uh, in in the family is absolutely huge. When when you look at the fingers and everybody that's been related, and that goes out to cousins and however many, what do you want to call it? Like removed cousins, removed or whatever. It's it's really big, and it's all over the country. So so the the talk is that eighty or ninety percent of all proctors in the United States are related. Wow.
3: So so nice. I that thought totally that that was sense. an yeah.
4: interesting thing. But what's interesting about our branch is that we are directly related. Yeah. Right. So so we're direct descendants of John Proctor. He was our, I want to say me and my brother's ninth great-grandfather. Right, was I was just
1: going to ask
2: eight, you with
4: the, okay. Grand, grandfather. So, so it, it's a direct lineage uh, to our branch of the family. However, it was with his second wife, that our you know the son that he had one of the sons this guy had like 14 16 kids hmm. so his uh one of his sons from his second wife is where our line comes from okay not his wife that was accused of being a witch okay and, and was thrown in prison and and um uh, they couldn't hang her do you remember what her name was her name was elizabeth
1: Right, and, yeah, she was there too I, I, I saw her the
4: second, the second wife's name was also Elizabeth Okay So that's where some of the confusion would come in Yeah, for sure So Elizabeth Proctor Who was accused of being a witch And thrown in jail Now they couldn't hang her because she was pregnant at the time
3: wow. So they
4: weren't allowed to kill two people Right? Hmm. Uh, that is a totally different line than our line Gotcha,
1: okay yeah, that could get confusing, especially yeah. if they're both Elizabeths.
4: Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so that's uh, yeah. So, it's a very, it's a very uh, cool thing. Like, like always growing up, like my cousins or my second cousins would always say, "We don't talk about the W thing." Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm always like, "Well, why not?" I, right. Don't right. I don't understand why we can't talk about it, why we can't <laughs> look into it, or anything like that, or or be proud of it. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. so well, that's so what that's I was going to ask. Yeah, So that's kind of changed. That's changed. That's good. As as the generations are, you know, are are moving on. You know, I mean, I'm 59 years old. My mom's 84.
1: Yeah.
4: So, so that line is kind of, you know, we look at things a little bit differently. Like, like, as you know, from listening to the Wicked Planet, like we like to take things out of the shadows Mm -hmm. and expose them for what they really are because it might not be bad. I mean, a lot of it's bad, but not all of it's bad.
1: Great exactly and i think that's a great thing i think talking about it right. and why does it have to be bad saying the w word and uh, d- that doesn't make
4: or taboo exactly
1: yeah. and then or saying like pay that's another thing like the pagan thing like if you say pagan to somebody they go crazy that's the devil no it's to me it's not right. i mean you know what I mean? it's so it's all perspective i guess but um just to kind of put these i don't know
0: like, well, I was going to ask, though, was were they doing anything dark or were they just doing maybe something more? Pagan? Oh, yeah.
1: Do you know what they were doing that?
4: To be perfectly honest, I don't think anybody knows. Mm-hmm. OK. Right? So so again, I said I'm still digging deep and doing a bunch of research. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think there's mul- I think it's multi-layered why these witch trials even came to be. First off, there was a massive hysteria in that whole region. Mm. Right. Massachusetts, right? right? But but some of the things that I find interesting is it because I remember my uncle Jimmy, who I was extremely close with, uh was Uncle Charlie's older brother. He always told me all that was was a land grab, that's all that that was. There mm. was no witchcraft going on, there wasn't anything going on. Now I don't 100% agree with that. Okay. I think there may have been some form of witchcraft possibly going on but when you start looking into the archives and you start seeing all the characters involved right all the players you have this slave named tituba who admitted to practicing what we would know today as voodoo Mm
2: -hmm.
4: right because she came from the islands right yeah Mm -hmm. now when this all first started in salem it was potnam's daughter and his his uh no excuse me his niece no his daughter and his niece i'm just trying to get this right Mm -hmm. and they took in what fits right and having these hallucinations and all this other stuff and this is what putnam used as an excuse to start accusing people who just happened to own land next to his okay okay so if that kind of and and john proctor had a big piece of land that abutted Putnam's land. All right. So, so here, here is one possibility that Putnam, who was a, from everything that I've read, this huge, like 25 hour audio book that I'm listening to. This guy liked to cause trouble. He was like the guy in your town that was always running his mouth on Facebook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always going to town meeting, always going to the selectmen meetings and just starting trouble with people that he had nothing to do with, right? Had a like, problem so, with everything, yep. Yeah, so it's like, just, why don't you just mind your business? Like, stick to your business and don't worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of what this Putnam guy was up to. Now, there is, and this is and this is where I don't agree 100% with how uh, Arthur Miller brought his story, The Crucible, forward. Because if you've seen the crucible or have read the book now, back in school, we had to read the book like that's that was like required reading. Yep, but that story, the crucible. So, you know, in in lit lit class, literature class, in his story, he comes out and says, Well, John Proctor was having an affair with Putnam's niece. Okay, Mm -hmm. and because and because he wouldn't like leave his wife and marry her she of course a woman scorned is not a good thing that she used that to get back at him in the fo- in the form of bringing uh like she gave this doll to uh john proctor's housemaid
2: okay
4: okay gave gave her uh this doll and she and and the whole story about putting the pin in the doll, I think that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. So when that was all exposed, because then she's starting to have fits, right? The mm-hmm. housemaid and they say, "Oh, look at look at this doll! This doll that Goody Proctor gave you. Uh, uh, actually, it was Goody Proctor that gave her the doll, I-, I believe. And but but Putnam's niece had put the pin in it, so it was all just like a big framing." Like interesting kind of frame john proctor for everything wow and he was a no-nonsense guy now it's even documented where he says and i'm paraphrasing of course in today's vernacular all these kids need is a good ass beaten to bring <laughs> them back into line and, and in a sense that could have been what's happened what, what should have happened right right however Arthur miller says that they were having this affair well this woman this girl at this time Was only like thirteen years old, the one that
1: was accused of having he was having an affair
4: with. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm like, well, that to me, that's a little sketchy. And modern times, right? Do we we know? Do we know if that was like a normal thing back then? I I mean, who knows? It could have been. We don't. Right. We don't know. But, but that's the one thing that Arthur Miller had put in his story that I didn't agree with. But I don't know. I mean, we weren't there. That's why we don't know the absolute nail down one reason why the witchcraft uh, trials happened. Now, I don't think there is just one reason Mm
2: -hmm.
4: because here's my other angle, right? And this is something that's been theorized for many years. We know that these people were all farmers, right? They were farmers and they were merchants. Mm -hmm. Salem is a seaport. Yep. Mm -hmm. Salem is right on the ocean. So they would. this is where a lot of the merchant ships would come in. And of course, this is where all the sailors would come in. You know, and what do sailors like to do when they've been out to sea for any amount of time? Like they want to go find some lovin', they want to get, yeah. some, they want to have some drinks, they want to have a good time because yeah. they're probably <laughs> going to go back out to sea for another two, three, six months. Who knows, right? Right. So there was a lot of shady stuff that was going on in Salem at this time, but one of their major crops that they grew there was rye. Rye was like their like their cash crop, right? Mm-hmm. Well. In looking at historical uh, records of weather, the year leading up to the witch trials was a wet year, like it was a wet summer. Okay. So when they had brought all this rye in for storage, it could have been damp.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Now, anybody that knows anything about farming, like you don't do that. Like they know that today, you don't do that. Right. That's like,
0: that's like. That's like theory, right?
4: Okay. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Like here, when it's hay season and they have a good year, they can get three crops in, like here in New Hampshire. But they have to work around the the the, the weather forecast, right? Because we can't cut this hay down and then get rain on top of it. Right. Because then it adds a whole other process where they have to fluff it. Mm-hmm. Like they got a machine that goes and it fluffs it all up and gets air into it and dries it out. Because if you bale hay and it's damp and you put it in a barn... It will spontaneously combust and burn your freaking barn down. Wow. Okay. So these are probably things that they didn't know back in the late 1600s. Sure. So they put all this rye up and they made flour out of it, obviously, to make bread. They probably made alcohol with it for, you know, even though it was a Puritan society. I'm sure some of that went on mm-hmm. because John Proctor owned an inn with a very well known tavern. That's where he made all his money. So you don't just serve like you know soda and water, right? <laughs> time, right? Especially the sailors coming in, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so the theory is they go exactly what you said, the ergot theory. So rye develops a mold that's called ergot, Which, yes. and ergot is a hallucinogenic drug. Mm. And they actually have a theory that ergot was the reason why over in France. They had the whole werewolf lichen things happening where people were saying, We're seeing werewolves and they're out there hunting in the woods and shooting people mm-hmm. and all this craziness. Oh. So it's kind of based on the same theory that these people are unknowingly making bread with rye flour that is uh, damaged with ergot. Wow. So everyone's it's, tripping. Everyone. Yeah. So they're, so, so they're eating the bread. And they're going cuckoo. Right. Mm-hmm. Now it's it fascinating. Might have, and you gotta remember most all these accusers, like these were young people, these were young kids. Right. Like young kids, like not like teenagers or anything like that, who say maybe their constitution, their bodily constitution couldn't couldn't react properly to the ergot where say an adult's would. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the whole your whole gut, your whole gut and how it digests food. Yeah. So these young kids maybe ate a little bit more bread than, say, maybe a grown up, and they got exposed to more ergot. And this is why they were having the hallucinations. They were uh, having these uh, these fits of contortion.
2: Mm-hmm. Where
4: their bodies would do weird things. Now, so, so if you, and of course, what is that? Well, it's obviously witchcraft. Right. 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 They I mean, didn't know about seizures back witchcraft. then. Obviously. It's, <laughs> it's the devil, devil, <laughs> devil, Bobby Boucher. Right. So, so it's like uh i think that that along with the land grab theory were the two layers that actually made this whole thing happen
2: mm-hmm.
4: yeah because, wow. because uh because i mean the evidence is kind of there that shows that so yeah so yeah. uh and again this putnam guy he's just a sketchy character yeah sounds yeah. it town crier just trying to
0: yeah the town crier
4: start drama yeah. grab land terrible i mean obviously there's a lot more to it i mean uh actually in the pamphlet that the my mom was showing me the other day is actually a copy of the letter that john proctor wrote to boston the courts in boston okay. to basically say you need to send somebody down here and straighten us out this is getting crazy mm-hmm. this is insane well you know what yeah. they elected to do nothing really they elected to do nothing and i think if they would have taken that letter, read that letter, and sent somebody there, other than who they initially sent to investigate it, this would have all been stopped. And eventually, that was kind of the catalyst to stop the witch trials.
2: Mm.
4: Not only was it really bad press, and I mean, and, you know, that's what it ended up. They were like, okay, so the governor was like, okay, this is, we gotta shut this craziness down. Mm hmm. It's not it's basically not good for the economy we got to shut this down and and that's how it all ended hmm wow yeah so
0: i don't know i always wondered like was there actually any i i never believed that there's actual witchcraft going on like the way we know it you know what i mean right but and then again could there have been some pagan practices that were witnessed i i don't know but it, it's i just think at fact. that
1: point they would have picked on anything right. i mean
0: you right. know I see mean, baking... dancing in the field they're just gonna you know kitchen you
1: witchery you know i mean like you you somebody's concocting something in the kitchen oh she's a witch you know i mean it's she's yeah. born with red hair and freckles oh she's a oh, witch. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was that was really not a good thing back in the day right no i been... simple as something as simple as oh this person walked by my pen and then the next morning my goat was dead i mean these were allegations like legit allegations that they were coming up with it's like outrageous okay that is no basis to freaking have somebody hung right right? (laughs) do you think maybe maybe your goat ate some ergot right Right. or what's wrong with you especially
0: given yeah you know the last few years i mean with people tracking people's health and it's just like I could easily see how back then anything some sketchy guy walks by oh it's witchcraft like we went through this we saw the hysteria we saw people overreact to nonsense so yeah.
4: it, it's it's totally believable in to a know.
1: way we're history <laughs> it's, it's repeating itself a tiny bit right now right. i mean
4: exactly what it's doing is yeah. it everything. everything even if you even if you look at the geopolitical things that are happening right it, it, just in the united states right
3: yeah
4: it's all a big witch hunt it's all the big, it witch, is. It's, it's all it is. It's, it's, it's right out of the witch hunt playbook, you know, it's yeah.
1: wild Yeah, right. the
4: things with everybody, all this stuff they try to bring against Trump or, and now, now even the democratic party is getting ready to sacrifice Biden, you know, right. yeah. and it, it's all it's based on these documents or whatever. And we don't have to get into that, but I'm just saying it is just another parallel. Yeah. 300 plus years later, mm-hmm. right yeah. now, what are we at? 330, 300, almost 40 years later. It's, it's the same freaking thing. Like people don't learn from history.
1: No, different themes, same circus, you
4: know, it's like, exactly, exactly. And, and as I is and as I find out more and try to analyze from the data that's available and and because I'll say one thing, like these trials were very well transcribed, like everything that like the whole court reporter thing, (laughs) You know, wow. it's all it's all on paper.
1: Real details.
4: Yeah. Yes. Very, very detailed. Yeah. But but it but it was just I mean, I don't think they knew how to react. And this was part of the problem. And because these people were allegedly so pious, you know, that religion was the number one thing and everything was based on God's law. Well, these people were Puritans and they kind of had their own version of God's laws. You know, yeah. you know, not not necessarily like what they should have been like was their interpretation of it, and this is why they left England to come to the New World so that they could practice in in the way that they wanted to practice. Because even like the Church of England is like, yeah, this no, is extreme. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a little, that's a little much even for us.
2: Yeah,
4: right. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's a very wow. it's a very interesting, very fascinating subject. Um, and, and again. As we know more about it, well, well, we can talk a little bit deeper on it.
1: I would love that. Absolutely love it. But I want to know. So you said your town is cursed. Yes. Before. What's
4: what's up with that? Okay. So we're trying to figure out exactly what is going on here. Okay. Now, Now, the road that I live on and the road that Sean lives on is intersected. Okay. And at that intersection... Is the geographical center of our town. It's actually called the center, right? Okay. That's where the crossroads. Yeah, that's where <laughs> the original and it, it, it was Nico. It, exactly, four-way crossroads. Mm-hmm. One of those roads now is not passable. I mean, I could get through it on my four-wheeler without a problem or a four-wheel drive truck, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't drive through it on a car. That's what we call a class six road. But At this geographical center of town is where the original town meeting house was, the town hall.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: And this is where on the second floor is what they call the Free Will Baptist Church, is on the second floor. Now, things get so shady in this town that like the church was fighting over the town on who actually owned the building. Like that (laughs) actually went to court. That was like (laughs) and and then the judge is like, yeah, the town owns that. They allowed you. To have your church there right what's interesting about this intersection is right down probably a hundred feet 200 feet down this road as you're going to where anonymous sean lives there used to be a masonic hall okay it's gone now i mean there's not even a trace of it there's no foundation nothing Mm -hmm. but For a period of about 10 years, I was the president of our local historical society.
1: Okay.
4: And when I was there, of course, I have access. Well, I still have access to all the files because now I'm a lifetime director or whatever. I had discovered that there was this Masonic Hall on this road. Hmm. Now, this road, a lot of weird, shady stuff happens on this road. Okay. Okay. And I can remember, like, my dad was a superstitious guy, right? I can remember when I was, I had to be early teens because we hadn't moved up to this farm yet. We were still living down the other end of town. He had bought, there was an old property there that had an old farm that burnt down and was gone. But there was a lot of old farm machinery there. And for whatever reason, my father had to have it. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the pieces of equipment was this great, big, huge, and it was a Fordson, which was part of Ford. All wheel drive, steel wheel, steel cleated, four wheel drive farm tractor there. Massive, massive piece of machinery. Well, my dad wanted that. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were down there loading it on the trailer and looking around, I just had this weirdest vibe when I was there, right? And funny enough, my father proceeds to tell me, he goes, yeah, I was offered all this property and this whole stretch of road all the way out to the main road. And we're talking probably three or four miles. Wow. I have the chance to buy all this property. Now, back then we're talking cheap money, right? Yeah. And he says, but you know what? I'm not going to do it. He said, I get the weirdest, I get the weirdest feelings when I'm down here. Wow. He said, there's something here that doesn't feel right. Mhm. He used the excuse that they didn't have electricity on that road to go to the people that wanted him to buy it. He said, "Listen, there's no power there, there's no infrastructure. I'm not paying to put that in because that's what that's how that worked back in the day. If you were going to put a house out there or anything like that and there was no power lines going to it, you, you had to pay. pay the power company to put the power in." And oh, still, okay. It's actually still like that in some parts of New Hampshire. But my father was so freaked out Wow. while we were down there, that he just blew off that whole deal. Now, had he had done that deal, well, he would have made a ton of money because now it's all houses. And sure. Stuff. But what's interesting about this road is that it borders a huge swamp. It actually, uh, on one side of the road, and then if you go down a little further past where we that farm was, mm-hmm. there is another swamp that's all now in conservation. And it's actually a, a state conservation center where you can go and hike. Okay. And don't fish or whatever you want to do, right? Sure. So, Anonymous Sean is hiking out there, like last year, and he immediately texts me when he gets home. He goes, man, there was some sketchy stuff going on out there. He said, but, but we need to go back out there, like, with more than just us mm-hmm. he said because i think i found burial mounds out there Whoa.
0: now do you think these were human burial mounds or are we talking squatch?
4: i think that these burial mounds were indigenous people okay now we think that the curse that we have in our town and this is not unusual in new hampshire something happened The indigenous people were either wiped out, moved out, or something very bad happened to them. They cursed the land, and it's been cursed ever since. Mm. So what Sean, and I know it sounds out there, but... No, not to us at all. (laughs) I think it's it's pretty legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's what happens down on this piece of land. Multiple Sasquatch sightings. And, and, and I'm not making that up. Like, no. like, it's legit. There have been people, they won't talk to me, but they'll talk to Sean. Well, they won't talk to me because they don't know me. Okay. But Sean is friendly with all his neighbors because he's lived there for, you know, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And this one gentleman that lives across the street from him, um, kind of before you get to his house, was telling him a story of how he had he was putting his brother up. Uh, give him a place to stay for a couple of months. And his brother was always acting weird when it was time to go to sleep. Like he didn't like to be outside after dark. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And he finally got his brother to talk about it. And he said, okay, so I'm laying in bed down here in the cellar, you know, finished off cellar. And I saw something walk past the window and I looked out because I'm like, is there somebody prowling out here, burglar or whatever? Okay. We don't have those in this town, Mm -hmm. Like that don't last long. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I looked out and I saw this like seven, eight foot tall creature mm-hmm. out in the house. He said, and it scared me so much. I won't even go out after dark. Wow. That's one instance. Sean saw something when he was out in the woods. That's why he is absolutely convinced that we got squash activity up here. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, My road, remember how I told you my road intersects with his road. Mm -hmm. I live on the hilly portion of my road. And if you get on the top of it, it's all flat. We call it the flats. Like the people around here call it the flats. And on that stretch, there's a bunch of old, uh, you know, several old houses, but there's some new houses. Mm -hmm. And Sean knows one of these guys. And this guy said, Hey, you ever have any like weird things happen around here? And Sean's like, not telling him anything yeah sean's like uh well what do you got you know trying to get <laughs> out of time. he said well i was out doing some tree cutting you know for the house lot and uh i found these tracks and they took pictures of them i have them so so uh sean and i look at each other i'm like dude you know what those tracks are like these are bear tracks like we have lots of bears here like black bear like everybody. yeah Mm -hmm. Totally normal thing. Like you have to make sure when you're driving not to hit one with your car. Oh my gosh,
1: it's that that much. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So, Sean's like, man, I can't tell that guy that's what this is. He's gonna freaking freak out. Wow. I'm like, well, just see if you can ease him into the conversation. (laughs) So the guy proceeds to also tell about these things that he hears out in the woods at night. Hmm. I look at Sean again. I said, okay, you know what that is. So maybe not alarm this guy. I mean, we know what it is. Now, that patch of woods out behind where this guy is, is only one other little dirt road between that patch of woods and the patch of woods that's out behind my house. Like, I can't tell you the things that I hear out in the woods, out behind my house at night. Because I am outside my house at night, every night. Because before I go to the go to bed, Mm -hmm. my dogs go out one last time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's just our routine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's nine o'clock. Sometimes it's ten. Sometimes it's eleven. It depends. You know, I don't have a like a regular sleeping schedule. Right. Now my dogs are pit bulls. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're Staffordshire terriers. They're like no nonsense dogs. Like they ain't scared of nothing. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: My female gets freaked out on certain nights. My male, he's just a dum-dum. He doesn't care. Mm -hmm. She is very, very perceptive. And one night we were hearing some uh, owls, right? Some owl sounds. Mm -hmm. Like our owls are very vocal, right? Yes. But this sounded like an owl, but then again, it didn't. Mm -hmm. Now we know, because anybody that's, listen to me knows that i am a big sasquatch guy i just am mm-hmm. we know from listening to other encounters listening to other sasquatch shows or doing reading online that they can mimic right yes they can even almost mimic certain human voices or certain human words they can mimic yep While they can definitely mimic an owl absolutely and and we've been outside with owls and willow is Willows my female she had never never bothered her never phased her right but on other occasions she will literally wherever she is she will run up onto the deck and head right to the door I need to go inside mm-hmm. hair standing up on the back on her back and she's just ears back wants to go in the house yep okay so we have this ongoing joke at our house that maybe it's not the bears that are raiding the bird feeders (laughs) and my wife's like oh my god don't even talk about that stuff around me (laughs) i don't even want to know i don't want to come home at some night and see a sasquatch pop out of the pool (laughs) and and i'm like okay i'm just saying it's a possibility yeah right it is this is where sean brings in the whole biblical scripture aspect to sasquatch and he's not the only one that has this theory That because the land is cursed, somehow Sasquatch has authority over this land. Okay. In some odd way.
1: I have heard, though, that the indigenous people do. There is a correlation there, though. I have heard about that. I I think we heard a show on that or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, even the town, like, I grew up in Kingston, New York. And then I grew up in Saugerties and both of those towns, I mean, Kingston has a whole history of being the first capital and like the whole sopus area. If you read about some of the native peoples and what they did to get them out of there, it's, it's rough. And the town I grew up in, in Saugerties, I mean, the amount of like suicides we have there drug over it's, it's insane for a small town.
1: Right. Almost like a cursed town. Like, right.
0: And like, you're, you're the house to. we lived in had so many weird you know, activity, so much weird activity. My brother had encounters and right behind our house was a swamp too. And my brother was, he thinks it was a bear. I'm sure if I talked to him now, he would say differently, but something paced him out while he was jogging behind the house by the swamp. And we've had, so the whole area is creepy there. And then when we moved up here, we've had encounters with something. (laughs) And, you know, we just chalked it up to a weird phenomena bigfoot was not on our mind at all and one day i'm listening to sasquatch chronicles and i'll send you the episode i don't remember what number it is but i'm hearing and they're like oh we're driving on this road highway 85 in this town and i turn on to and i'm like holy shit i drive this road every day to work (laughs) and this is within three miles of where we had something what we thought was a bear snort at us like a pig right In the woods. On this walking trail. And ever since then, we've had weird little things. Like, we'll hear weird, maybe they're birds. Maybe it's monkeys. They sound
1: like monkeys to me. Uh Knocking. Cuckoo sounds. And monkey. uh, Really, it sounds like monkeys. Uh And I know we have an owl that lives right over here on our tree. And I've had... Actual dreams about Sasquatch before, and that turned into a sleep paralysis situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel very much that they're around us for sure. Mm-hmm. I I I really believe in that they exist, and I and I know that owls and them have some sort of connection. I don't know whether they shape shift, or I don't know whether it's like an owl's around, and then you know they come from a different dimension but i feel like they're very earthly beings personally what do you think ron do you think
4: well, that they're well i'm i'm my whole thought on that is slowly changing
2: mhm okay.
4: now let's get into some out there stuff good yeah. let's that's what we want there's, <laughs> there's okay so new hampshire is also a hotbed of ufo activity okay for whatever reason okay mm-hmm. When I was younger, I want to say 1920. Well, I had to be 20 because I was old enough to drink legally. And the drinking age was 20 back then. So, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, we were driving up on the flats. Now, keep in mind, I didn't live up there then. I didn't even have any idea that I was going to be living up there later in life. Mm-hmm. Because down here at the farm where the haunted garage is, If you look straight across the road, there's a big ridge across the road. Well, at the top of that ridge is actually my road. Mm -hmm. So me and my girlfriend, her name was Lori at the time. We're sitting out on my mom's farmer porch, you know, just at night. We're bored. And we look up in the sky and we see these lights. And I'm like, all right, that's not right. That's not lightning. Because we get like lightning and heat lightning and you know stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like all the time in the summer. And I'm like, she goes, oh, my God, what is that? I said, I don't know. Let's go in the car and check it out. Because I said, that's up on the flats. We're going to go up there. Mm-hmm. So we drove up there in my car. And them lights, it was like four or five of them. And they're darting all over the sky. Like, totally insane. Wow. But just lights. No shape of nothing. Just, like, lights. Huh. Like mm-hmm. Orbs. But not orbs in a sense. I mean, massive. Massive right. orbs, right? Yeah. So she's like really starting to get sketched out now. And I'm got to admit myself, I'm like, okay. So even though I'm like really intrigued and i want to try to figure this out, I don't know what this is. Right. So we kind of speed up and take off towards the center at the crossroads. Mm-hmm. They freaking followed us. We stopped and turned around in the church town hall parking area, which is all just gravel. And we drove back and they followed us back the other way. Wow. To this day, she can still back that story up. And she actually is a content creator. She does, uh, she's a like a fisher. She goes fishing. She oh, does, cool. Yeah. yeah, she's got a YouTube and everything's really cool. But uh, but we still talk about that night. It is still wow. fresh on our minds, right? Of course. Now, this is the area that these Sasquatch like sightings, audio encounters, weird things are happening was it's right there right there where these orbs were flying right Mm. now how many times have we heard the connection between seeing orbs in the sky whether it be orbs uh light phenomenon ufos whatever Mm -hmm. and then right after that there's a bigfoot sighting
1: yeah that's true
4: some form of bigfoot encounter right Mm -hmm. okay yeah i was just listening to uh, one of Tony Merkel's latest episodes that he has on the confessionals, right? And he had this gentleman on who was a retired retired police officer from Tennessee. And he told this story of hearing noises out in the forest. They were camping on this place called the El... It's the LBL. I forget what it is. It's some big park uh, that has to do with uh, maybe water reservoirs or something like that. He could hear a metallic sound in the woods. Hmm. And then right after that, he had a dog man. Not only a dog man, but also a Bigfoot encounter back to back. So check this theory out. And this has relevance to the story about our town. Okay. Because it blew my mind when I heard this dude say that.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: All right. So quite a few years ago now at this point, probably six or seven years ago, Sean used to have these little meetings at his house with certain, certain friends of his and people from his church at the time that he was going to, he doesn't go to church anymore. And there was a pastor that came from, a different church, not the one that Sean went to, but, but he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. I got the weirdest vibes off that guy, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I had the weirdest vibes with that guy. Right. So we have our meeting. I kind of expressed to Sean, you know, a little bit of my thoughts on this guy. And he says, yeah, yeah. I kind of got to agree with you. So, so that guy, he never really came back. Like, I think he came back one more time.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah. But This pastor guy, we all leave, right? We all leave. It's like, I don't know, nine o'clock at night, maybe even after nine. We all leave. This pastor gets in his car and as he's driving up the road and he swears to God, this is absolutely 100% legit. He said, it looked like a wolf jumped out of the woods and jumped onto his car and looked at him through the windshield. Wow, and, he's, and he says that was not a wolf, but it wasn't a Sasquatch either. Mm-hmm. So dog it man. would be what we would consider to be possibly a dog man. Yeah, today, right? Absolutely. So keep in mind, this is the same area where there's alleged Sasquatch activity going on. Yeah, and orbs in the sky. Hotbed. And this guy that is on the confessional says. There's a connection between dog, man, and Bigfoot. They work together.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
4: and that I Bigfoot, Bigfoot in the hierarchy is higher up and the dog, man, is like his hunting dogs.
1: Really?
0: I've heard that. I've also heard miss. theories that they're at war with each other, these two different
4: entities. Totally a possibility. Mm-hmm. Because how many, how many instances do we see where countries are friends and then all of a sudden they're at war with each other? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's really out there, like really out there. But when he said that, my brain just went pew. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this explains why we're having a dog man thing. Yeah. On this road, the same place where we're having Sasquatch activity.
1: Yeah, it's like that makes so much sense because nico thinks he saw a dog man i feel like they're the ones that you're right like they're pushed out like the the, the sasquatch tell them what to do and they're more the ones that will come out at night at you
4: more and more vicious yeah they're more,
1: vicious. Right. more right. vicious yeah exactly yeah.
4: and yes yeah, so so what is really interesting about that now i told this story on one of the episodes like a long time ago and now thinking about it now it makes way more sense so I don't know if you've ever listened to the episodes where we had gone up to the graveyard because we have a cemetery here. I don't know. Have you heard of this? Yeah, way, oh, way out back, out in the back 40, there's a cemetery. And I actually keep it nice. I have uh we have a yard crew in the summer. I have them weed whack, I have them take all the branches out of it, mm-hmm. uh, cut any trees down or broken stuff in it and just keep it nice, right? So
1: it's just a random cemetery or it's not a family a cemetery. Fa-
4: it was a family for the original uh, family cemetery for the original family that built this farm.
1: Okay, not your family, right?
4: Okay. Not mine. No, gotcha. no, I was like 13 when we moved here. We moved here in 1978. Okay. So way before either of you guys' time. Great
3: right at
4: your time. <laughs> huh? Great <laughs> right at her time.
1: I was born in 1978.
4: So that's oh, why there used... you go. Well, perfect. <laughs> but I had this dream- that I was standing out at the end of my mom's barn, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And I was in my dream. I was looking up at the cemetery and I saw something coming out of the cemetery. And then it looked right at me. And I was just had my like eyes locked with him. Now I'm talking, this is a long distance in my dream. I had a gun in the barn. Okay. And all of a sudden, I start to go for the gun. He sees me. He starts running after, like, towards the barn. In the way that a werewolf would run.
1: Right. So, was he running toward you, Ron? Towards
4: me. Like, he saw me, and he was running towards me. Right. Now, keep in mind, this is a dream. Yep. I go to grab the gun, and I go to grab the bullets to go in the gun. The bullets aren't the right bullets for the gun. Of course. (laughs) He gets right up to me, and then I wake up. Mm-hmm. That freaked me out, because this property has always freaked me out.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Always. Mm. Like, you heard the story about the guy that hung himself in the barn. I don't know if you've ever heard that story.
0: No. I've heard it, and you've told it on the show
4: before. Yeah, yeah but... I've told it on the show. The rope that the guy used to hang himself, where they looped it over the beam of the second story up in the barn, like, the rope is still there. Like when we moved here, my father told us, "You can't ever touch that rope, and I don't want you going up in that loft." Stop it! The rope is still there. The rope is still there. With the original there. hanging. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, where, where the where the rope loops around the big beam. Now these beams are massive, but yeah, the rope was looped around, and where they cut him down, they just left that loop there. It's still there. Oh my god. That's... To this day. To this day. Wow. So now, now, my dream about the wolfman starting to make more sense. Uh huh. A premonition. Was it just maybe this was the path I'm supposed to go on? But just to kind of back things up, there are sightings on the BFRO website of Bigfoot encounters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from this town. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Wild. And I'll give you guys more information too. Yes, mm-hmm. please do. Okay, it's not hard to figure out where we are. Mm-hmm. No. There's only one town in the state of New Hampshire that has a freaking NASCAR track. <laughs> I mean, we have a huge facility like Thank literally a mile up the street from here.
0: Wow.
4: But anyways, yeah. So if you go on the BFRO site, uh there are encounters that take place in this town. That's wild. And
0: yeah, yeah there's there's ones from Kingston in our area. Yeah. And, and it I mean, we're about an hour from Whitehall, New York, or maybe an hour and a half, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, just, it's a hotbed here too. And I mean, you know, what are we, three hours
4: apart? It's not that far. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're not far, like if you're close to Whitehall, then you're only like an hour from the Vermont border then. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah.
1: going to Vermont, takes us 45 minutes to get to Vermont. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're right outside of Albany. So,
4: yeah, <clears throat> I spent a lot of time in Vermont growing up because that's where my sisters grew up. Was Vermont? My oh, older, okay. yeah, yeah, and Barry. Oh, nice. So, uh, another funny thing in that area, I got asked to officiate a wedding for one of my best friends' daughters. Now, her and her fiance always was. We always got along good. They always, you know, like like we got along really good. Like. Like she is my buddy's daughter. So she was always like, okay, we're going to take you under our wing. Nobody's going to mess with you. And nobody messed with her. So her and her uh, fiance, whose name was Todd, like he was from, I'm trying to remember the town. It's probably only about 20 miles from Whitehall in Vermont. It's a big mm-hmm. farming community where he grew up.
2: Hmm.
4: And yeah, they rented this old farm that's been converted into a wedding venue. And they came to me and they asked me, we, talked and we decided we want you to officiate our wedding and I said not a problem I'm there that's so cool so so we go up there right and I had to go a little early to get you know prettied up and you know go through the the rehearsal and stuff my wife and our other friends because our friend our friend circle is extremely tight like we go to all of our stuff Mm mm-hmm they were coming from the hotel. We stayed, we actually, it wasn't a hotel. It was a, one of the marble houses that are up in that town in Vermont. That all the rich, the rich dudes built all their houses out of marble. Oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them, they, I forget, I forget what they're called, but one of them is very famous because it's haunted. Right. Well, we stayed there. Wow. So they were coming from there to the wedding venue out in this farmland. And my wife and, and one of our other friends, her, her girlfriend, Rita, they're like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what we just saw. I said, what did you see? We, I'm telling you right now, we just saw a mountain lion. We just saw a mountain lion. I'm, I'm swear to God. I know for a fact, it was a mountain lion. I said, what color was it? So it was really, really dark. Mm, Yeah. So what are the stories (laughs) we hear of the black cats? Mm -hmm. That's another one, right? But Upstate New York, where you guys are like, that's all very steeped in myth myths and mythical things and crazy occurrences and hauntings and all that. I mean, where did the story of the Headless Horseman come from?
1: I know. Sleepy like, Hollow. Right, like right, right. Right there. Right <laughs> right
0: there. Yeah. yeah. So and what's yeah. interesting about that is there's a town, uh Valacia, right?
1: In Valacia. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's that's where the people. So like because uh when washington irving wrote that he wrote it about Terrytown, but then the people that the story based on all came from uh, around volatia new york they have like ichabod crane high school there so it's a combination of those two places that's
1: 15 minutes away from us yeah literally like, yeah <laughs> it's
0: not very far no and uh that whole area the whole hudson valley the catskill mountain everything i mean you got rip van winkle all there's just so much stuff and go on any trail around here in the woods and just go a little bit off the trail and you start feeling weird
4: stuff happening. It's just, yeah. What Washington Irving used as a basis for the story of the headless horseman was from stories that people told in that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He didn't dream that up. No. Like that was all based on myths. Mm -hmm. of That area. Right. And we know that's all, that's all like, really like a hotbed for the revolutionary war. Right. Oh Yeah. I mean, you got Fort Ticonderoga, which yep. is uh, probably a maybe a, a little ways from you guys. A little no, bit. We're about 45 minutes from there. It's yeah. not very far. Yeah. yeah so you're talking, uh, what's the famous lake there? I've got a memory. Lake clear. George. Lake George. Yep. Where everybody goes to Lake George. I like yep. to go to Lake George. And yeah. Lake George, I like to go to Ticonderoga. So, but that whole area is very interesting. Okay. So who was the headless horseman? What was he? He was a German mercenary. He was a Hessian mercenary, a.k.a. German. Mm -hmm. So I find that to be very interesting because my biological dad is in America because of a Hessian soldier. So my biological family is descended from the Hessian soldier that fought in a revolutionary war got captured and had the option to fight because they were mercenaries, like they weren't loyal to the crown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like loyal to whoever was paying them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, whenever Hessians or mercenaries were captured during the revolution, they were given an option. You can either, you know, deal with whatever we decide your fate's going to be, or you can, you, can work fight, for us. you can fight for the Continental Army. <laughs> right. Now, we don't have any money to pay you, but if we are successful, which gives you a little incentive, if we are successful, we will give you land because we're going to have all kinds of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, my ancestor took that deal. And that's why in the Appalachian parts of Kentucky and West Virginia, huge German population. Makes sense. Yeah, that does
1: make sense. Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah, just a little funny tidbit more. of Yeah, more,
1: fun. more history. Look
4: at it's, you. It's all connected. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all my fun. mom met my dad in Albany. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was home on leave. Well, he wasn't home on leave. He was on leave with his buddies from the Navy. Okay. Oh, so wherever they get to Albany from wherever the naval guys go. Yeah. And that's where he met my mom. So, yeah, wow. I mean, that's funny. Took, me, took me, took her back to Kentucky. And that's why I was born in Kentucky see that
0: and didn't yeah. you say your family owned a bar in albany or
1: oh or yeah mahar's yes.
0: yeah and that's one of the proctors yeah we had a big
1: conversation about that that was i used to go there <laughs> my family used to go there i mean that was one of the old albany joints
4: well you know? we can talk about it because it's not like a secret and the bar's no longer there right mm-hmm. but you're, we're talking about mahar's public bar yep in albany which was uh voted like best pub in albany like oh yeah multiple times Mm -hmm. and that was my okay so my cousin sue that does all the genealogy her sister laurie ellen was married to jimmy mahar and they ran that bar together and they actually lived in that building so the bar was downstairs and they lived upstairs Mm -hmm. so yeah so that was just a little interesting thing when rosie's like we're in upstate new york we're over here i'm like oh well i got family xyz she goes oh my god Mm -hmm. (laughs) of a small world yeah my it mom, is a small to, my mom world. went to high school in uh, albany she went to philip schuyler high school right i don't know if it's still there or not but
1: i don't think that is no but that's wild isn't it mm-hmm. i know we were sh- all these yeah. connections
0: i know but it, you just we're so close i mean we're right at like the massachusetts border new hampshire's only two hours away mm-hmm. yeah it, right on vermont it, it's just
1: I know Isn't we should etiquette? all meet yeah. up and go to dinner sometime. We should all find a pub.
4: <laughs> we should do that like in the summertime, right? Like We'd I would love to. be up for that. But what's really interesting is geographically geographically where New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, and New York all meet. You can if you go there in the center, you can be to any one of these states in just a matter of like a half hour.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> we we love where we are.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: We can we can we can get to anywhere,
4: yeah, you know, quick it's very pretty up where you are. Like I like it up there. Uh, the one thing I noticed, and not that we're going to get on politics, but one of the things that yeah. I noticed when I was up doing that wedding, when we actually went into New York, uh, because there was something we wanted to go, there's some trail up there, driving trail, that we wanted to go on. Anyways, uh, that's heavy-duty Trump country up there.
0: <laughs> this is a little secret. Westchester County and the city, and Albany's blue, but yeah, the rest of the state is red. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's not...
4: Well, yeah. me and my buddy, Mike, whose daughter was the one getting married. Like we're like, we're, we're sitting in the truck and we're driving and I'm looking around and it's all farmland. Yeah. Like, Like it's absolutely beautiful up there. And, and and it's and oddly enough, it's another place that I kind of feel at home when yeah. I'm there, upstate New York and we're driving around. He's like, Ron, dude, you see all the Trump signs up here. I'm like, yeah, I think <laughs> it's pretty evident. Like, like it is what it is, but you know, what is the town up there that's famous for their slate? Oh, it's like the slate capital of the world.
1: Yeah. Oh, why am I drawing a blank right now? Let
4: me I can't up. remember. It's a very, well. There was a really like a really cool bar that we heard about, mm-hmm. and it was in that town. So that's why we went that way too.
1: Gotcha. That's okay. We went
4: through all the farmland to get to it. Yeah, it was really cool.
1: Yeah, people have this, you know, misconception of New York. There were all New Yorkers, you know, like city I people. Tell people.
4: The state of New York is the state of New York, right? The city is its own deal.
1: Two separate entities, yeah. man. It's like, and we we kind of wish it were treated that right, way.
4: <laughs> Nico, did you find the name of that town? Yeah, did you? No, I didn't find Hold it up. yet. Let me. Let me
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Huh?
4: in New York? Was is it
0: Granville, New York? Granville, Granville. Yeah, yeah, that's
4: okay. It. Granville. Yeah, Slate Valley, the upstate New mm-hmm. York town, is known as the Colored State Capital of the World. Mm-hmm. Colored Slate Capital. And when you drive yeah. through there, all you see is slate mines, like literally everywhere. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of cool.
1: Where is that? I wonder from here
4: i'm gonna look it up yeah right
1: check now. it out we love taking oh my gosh we're always taking road trips day I trips know. We you took know
0: the kids to the herkimer diamond mines last year that was a lot of fun
1: yeah <laughs> that's,
0: oh, yeah, that's great so are the kids into any of this stuff our little guy is
1: yeah our little guy is the older one is like Oh, sort of open to it but you know he's like kind of you know that's lame you know you're not cool but he, we're in that because he just turned 13 you but know he's
0: really into like world but war ii he's right really
1: now. into wars oh. well, world cool. war ii um just a lot of different history he's really into history so
4: about an hour and a half we're
1: an hour there. and a half from there yeah, Greenville. So. yeah um but
4: yeah, so, so i yeah i you know i've so many different things interest me you know and that's why i like when i go on other shows like i get to talk about things that i don't talk about on our show yeah but uh which is kind of cool of course yeah but, uh, but anyway so uh and then we were talking about the whole rh negative thing the other yes time. Because of your red hair and your fair complexion and everything like that. And and I just gotta tell you, like the listeners, you need to go and check out Rosie's reels on why redheads are uh those <laughs> <laughs> are so good. So Thank good.
2: you.
1: I'm yeah. gonna do another one this week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so
4: so I was when I was talking to my mom the other day, I said, Yeah, I'm gonna be going on uh these people that I'm friendly with, other podcasts, so I'm gonna go on their show and they're and they're not too far, and they used to go to uh Lori Ellen's bar. Or or the or the wife did, you know? Rose, yeah, yeah. I says, uh, and I says, you know, something tells me that there's a connection with those guys and us. Mm-hmm. My mother's like, how so? I said, well, let me show you a picture of her. So I I showed my mother a picture. She goes, oh my gosh, she is beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, she's like very very beautiful. Oh. But look at the <laughs> hair. Look at the complexion. Look at the and then where she lives that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of that's where a lot of proctors
1: right 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 maybe something to look into i i will i i felt the same about though, don't i Mm -hmm. i'm always like as soon as he told me that you had that connection and he was telling me how uh, that's why i brought up the neck thing with you the other night because that really interests me Ron, because i have a huge throat thing Huge problem with it.
0: Your mom
4: has it. My
1: mom has it. it My grandmother had it. And my son has it. My little one.
4: My mom will not wear necklaces either.
1: My mom won't wear necklaces. I get it where if I'm in in any sort of uncomfortable, stressful situation, I feel like my throat's closing. I have that. That -hmm. kind of thing where it's I constantly have to clear it. Um, Our little guy has that too my grandmother couldn't wear necklaces. So when Nico told me about you, Mm -hmm. um, a while ago now, and he told me this situation, I was like, wow, I really want to talk to this guy.
4: And here you are finally, like, you know, we're connecting, but we can clue the listeners into a little bit about what we're talking about. Yes. Let's do that. They're probably wondering what we're talking about. Okay. Right. Go ahead. So, you know, I have this theory and I've talked about this on other shows that your DNA that you have in your body is a continuation of the DNA from your ancestors. Mm -hmm. So when they say not only, you know, it's the blood, well, it's the blood, but it's the DNA, which is the same thing, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I have a strong feeling on this, that you have obviously they've proved this with science. You have the DNA of your ancestors, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: right? So, And your DNA retains memory. It retains stories of the past. It retains all that in some special DNA library that's locked away in your soul somewhere. Mm. Mm -hmm. So no matter how many generations out you are or whatever, you still have a direct connection to that person. And whatever people came before him, right? Right. So if my ancestor was... Tried as being a witch, and hung. There's a good possibility that that DNA, that memory of that, is in that DNA, that has been brought forward this eight generations. Oh, sure. And this is why I have never been able to wear anything around my neck. Mm-hmm. Right. People might say, "Oh, that's not. There's nothing to it." I disagree. Mm-hmm. I do. I, too. <laughs> big time. Think there's something to that. Me too, yeah. Like, I don't wear jewelry of any sort. Nothing. hmm No rings, no bracelets. I don't wear watches. I can't wear a watch. hmm I've got beautiful watches that people have bought for me as gifts. My wife's bought me some nice watches. I've got a great watch collection. I will not wear them. It's just, yeah. it's funky for me to wear jewelry. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting, and this is no dig on people that have tattoos. I, I like tattoos. I have no problem with them. However... Something was instilled in me, in my DNA, and in my, like, psyche. Never, ever get a tattoo. Me too. Same with her. Me too. Yep. Never get a tattoo. Do not have a tattoo to mark your body. Yep. Show possession of your body to some other entity or whatever. Yep. I was never told that by anybody.
1: No. I have chills right now that you're saying this. I was just I was just <laughs> that literally
4: born that way. Yep. Now my brother John, whose birthday was yesterday, would have been yesterday. He would have been 50 years old yesterday. He's little G's dad. Now mm-hmm. he passed away. And on February 8th, it'll be the one year anniversary.
2: Okay.
4: He was a tattoo artist. I could have got a tattoo anytime I wanted to. And you just can't I do just- it. I just refuse. My wife yep. has tattoos. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with that. Same. I love his. I, have no I will problem. never do it. No problem with tattoos. Like whatsoever. No. I just, for whatever reason, will not have them. Me too. So that's really interesting.
1: That is so weird. Yeah. I will not do it. No, mm-hmm. I can't. I
4: wouldn't want you to do it
0: either. But
1: Right. <laughs> but honestly, wow. There's so many connections. Uh, my, my mom is so funky. Like you said with jewel, I can wear some. I just started being able to wear like necklaces and things like that. I never wore earrings before really. Mm-hmm. And I can just start to do it. I don't know if, what that means, but I was always told that this feeling when I go to, you know, like spiritual people, if, you know, I have this person I've worked with for years, that's my, she would call my witch wound,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, whatever was going on here. Okay, okay. I've, I've worked it, on it for I've years. I've
4: that term before. Okay. Term. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's just always been a thing.
4: It's, you know, it. you know, you mentioned something about, uh, like sometimes, and, and I even have this problem on occasion, like when you're eating food or, or even when you're talking with somebody or sometimes just something happens and something in your throat just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't swallow. Yes. Like I have a massive fear. Cause I almost choked on several occasions growing up mm-hmm. from whatever that is mm-hmm. that causes that. hmm And there was a time in my life, I want to say early 20s, where I couldn't really properly swallow food for over a month. It's just, and then just like overnight, it went away. Was it like a psychological thing or whatever? But the thing with the thing, having anything around your neck, which we, which we, you know, no, like, like we've had a noose around our neck.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly.
4: So, yes. We're not ever going to duplicate that again. Like, I have a hard time wearing ties when I have to dress up. Right. Like, like even now, I mean, you guys are probably getting this massive cold front that's going to be coming in, right? Yes. Like, 40 yeah. balls there on Saturday. Yeah. Like, I still, like, I don't zip up my shirts. It's hard to do it. It's I just, hard. I, I can't have anything around my neck. I don't like anybody touching my neck. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and under any circumstances, it's just... And I it's, think it's ingrained. Yeah. The ingrained DNA. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And that's why I said, Rosie, you got to go and you got to find out what your blood type. is.
1: I do. I have to do that now. I well, really we do. We did
0: the one test, but it didn't check for
4: RH negative.
1: It no, just... it was a standard and. Yeah. Um,
0: well,
4: you have didn't... all the attributes. That's why I. Yeah. Said. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you probably have a uh, above average IQ. Mm-hmm. You have the red hair. Mm hmm. Okay, so these are all heavy-duty indications of RH negative blood. Yeah.
0: She's never broken a bone either. Knock on wood.
4: You know what? Me either. Mm-hmm. I have <laughs> never broken a bone. Never. No. Nope. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> nope. I have never <laughs> broken wow. a bone. I have had surgery,
3: Yeah.
4: but I have never broken a bone. Now, now here's something else that's a proctor trait. Okay. And I hope the listeners aren't getting bored with this stuff, but, but we're we're bringing up we're bringing up similarities from uh, the rest of your family and how and how these things really matter, right? Yeah. My grandmother died of intestinal cancer.
2: Okay.
4: Susie and Lori Ellen's mom, who was my aunt Mary, she died of intestinal cancer. My mom has intestinal issues. I had diverticulitis so bad that I was on the verge of becoming septus.
3: Wow.
4: Had two surgeries to the tune of uh,
2: $280,000
4: to rectify that. All of my mom's uncles had stomach issues. Where does that come from? Is that a defective digestive gene that goes back hundreds of years?
1: Right, right. It's got to be. It has got to be. I mean, I have stomach issues too. I, I don't want it to be like
4: I know. It's funny.
1: <laughs> me too, Ron. <laughs> but I don't have uh what you had, you but do
4: your genealogy.
1: I do, I know. Oh, God. Yeah, this is
0: interesting too though. I want to hear Ron's take on this because yeah. you haven't done any of those like uh Ancestry or 23andMe, but your mother did. And hers came back with a large Neanderthal. Like it's like when you do 23 andme me, it says Neanderthal. Yeah, but
1: well, what does that mean? No, yeah.
0: but it, I, I, I don't think I'm Neanderthal. I'm highly
1: insulted, by I know, but I don't think yourself.
0: Neanderthal is uh, don't what we be
4: Don't yeah. be. It. I'll tell you why. Yeah. He's going to say the same thing. All I right, said, go ahead. Tell me, Ryan. I think the okay, Neanderthal so, were. So uh, I also will not do those DNA tests. Okay. Uh, my mom, I think, has done them. I think Susie has done them. And I'd have to talk to them about their results. Because our genealogy is so documented. Like, I don't need to guess where we came from. Mm-hmm. Like, like we're Normans. We came from Normandy, France. Okay. The Normans were the Vikings that protected France. And in exchange, were given the Normandy region of France as their homeland, which they were allowed to run autonomously from the French Empire.
2: Right.
4: Okay. Now, the Normans were the people... Like, that was what William the Conqueror was a Norman. And now we're talking the only successful invasion of the British Isles that was ever pulled off was pulled off by William the Conqueror and his Norman army. Mm. And this is how our ancestors came from France to England. Right. Was during the Norman invasion. Okay. You know that. That's documented. Right. Okay. So the area of Normandy borders Northern Spain in the region that they call the Bosque region. Mm-hmm. 85% of all the people in the Bosque region are RH negative bloodlines. Really? Didn't your mother have a big Spanish thing? Yeah. To... <laughs> so, but what's interesting is that when you do research on RH negative blood and it's fascinating because they don't, they really can't nail down where it actually comes from. There is Neanderthal in that. Oh, there is? Yes. And I think we've been told, we all know how history has been altered, and what we've been told is not necessarily what was reality. Mm -hmm. So we were told that the Neanderthals were not as advanced as Homo sapien or Homo sapien sapien, which is what we are. Right. And we're told that they just died out. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Like, I don't believe that. No.
1: No. So what do you
4: you think? (laughs) I believe it was the actual, and this is a whole other rabbit hole. Okay. I believe that when humans were altered by whoever, where we had that whole brain explosion of Mm -hmm. knowledge, Mm -hmm. which happened in an extremely short period of time, there's a theory that it was the Neanderthals that they did that to. Oh, yeah. That is a theory that's out there. Okay. That Neanderthals could mate with other humans. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't think the Neanderthals died out or disappeared. I think the Neanderthals assimilated into what is now Homo sapiens sapiens. That's just a theory that I have and that there are a number of us that actually have Neanderthal DNA.
3: Hmm.
1: That that would make a hundred percent sense. I mean, and do you think? Because when people say, "Oh, he's a Neanderthal," you think of a big dumb oaf, right? Because that's, that's what we're
4: yeah. taught, Rosie. Right.
1: That's what we're taught, right? So yeah. maybe that's not the case at all. Yeah, maybe so, they so. were an advanced, an advanced people. I think they were advanced.
0: Know? I mean, if you look at just what mainstream tells us they had bigger bones they were stronger they were they lived much longer i mean they did a recreation of a neanderthal that was when they it was like a 30 year old neanderthal it looked like a child still you know what i mean it, it they just completely different dna like i don't know i don't necessarily think that like sasquatch and neanderthals are related in that way i, I think i, don't, was, either. I yeah, don't either i don't either because yeah. a lot of people will say that but i i I think it was a much, maybe even purer form of human that came before what we are today.
4: And that's why we were indoctrinated to believe that they were just a bunch of big oaf dum-dums. Yeah. Right? Cavemen. Yeah. yeah.
3: That- <laughs> what
4: are some of the earliest cave paintings? The Anderthal caves. True mm-hmm. mm. on that. That's okay. true. Yeah. My thoughts on Sasquatch is that Sasquatch are the remnants of the beast of the fields from biblical times. And the beast of the fields existed. Like like there was humans before Adam and Eve. They just weren't in the pure sense of Adam and Eve and that bloodline that come forward. Now that's something Sean and I are going to be getting into. That'll be interesting to hear. I've
0: always thought the same thing too. It's like, because who was Cain's wife? You know what I mean? Who? Where did all these other people come from? Obviously there were people in the world when they got kicked out of the garden.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. It's just one of those things that people don't. The theory
4: answer. is is that what happened was the beast of the fields were breeding with the descendants of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. you know, and they had the two sons, and one killed the other one, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the story of Esau and Jacob, which Esau came out covered in hair, and he was very big, like a giant, mm. and long then you red have the, hair. Then you long have <laughs> then yeah, and then you have the story of David, David and Goliath, and Goliath, in our opinion, was A giant, right? From the giants, the Nephilim, right? Yeah. But he was also not as depicted in pictures. Like he, in scripture that Sean has found, that he was also covered in hair. Wow. So Mm -hmm. was he like a highly evolved, what we would consider a Sasquatch of today? I mean, we don't know. Right. Right. But there's more to the Neanderthal thing. And I think that's where it ties into the RH negative blood.
1: Wow, I have to really do some research. And yes, I have to get that blood test done now, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
4: And you, you could do, just get something like at Walgreens to do that.
1: Okay. I'm going to I'm going to do it.
4: Yeah.
1: You know, it's so funny. We have two of the DNA things here. For how long have we had them? I've
0: had them for over a month. I did the ancestry years ago cuz I figured I was a teacher. My shit's already in the system. If they're going to track me, whatever.
4: Well, you're but- right about that. And I, and, yeah. I, and I really have no reason to not do it either. But, mm-hmm. but I
1: can't do it. I can't bring myself to doing it, Ron. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. We have, I ordered them. We have them in the cabinet. We've had them for, I would say over two months now.
2: Yeah. It's been and
1: a while. he's like, are you going to do it? Because I don't know my biological father's side.
4: Oh boy.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> and I was curious, you know? Um, so... I can't bring myself to doing it. So I'm just going to still let that sit because there's something not resonating with me. You know, if I'm, if I'm ready to do something, I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm going to do it. You know, well,
4: I'm a hundred percent with you. Like, yeah. I no, like I'm, what I'm saying is I shouldn't have a problem with taking it because I've got all of our information. Yeah. Right. Everybody so, has our information. Like, like, so we just need to work on trying to like negate that as much as we can.
1: Yeah. But
4: am I concerned about them? Uh, like cloning me right yeah yeah I, I mean that's the whole thing right <laughs> so so what's interesting about rh negative blood if you go online and you do your research on it it says in the attributes that we're not clonable we can't be cloned really yeah you need to get, rosie you need to go check that out
1: i have to well this has been so enlightening and oh my gosh what a pleasure ron well, i feel like we're like on. We're we're, rel- we're we're like related,
4: you know. You never know, you know. And I told Nico a long time ago, this is way overdue. We got to get together, yep, and just have some fun. And it was a really fun episode. I want to thank you for having me on. Thank
1: you. This is fantastic, and we'll definitely keep in touch. I'll message you very soon.
4: Yeah. Once yeah. You get the blood test. Done. Well, yeah. yeah. Ron, thank uh, you so I much. I would really be interested in knowing the results of that. Absolutely. I really would. Okay. Uh, Because my mother is like trying to figure out where the whole RH negative in our line comes from, right? But i told you about my nieces that like they're all redheads. Yeah, I know. My my mom is a redhead. When I was younger, look at how white my beard is. Oh, yeah, I can tell. This had a red tint to it. Yeah. And my uncle Jimmy always used to make fun of me. Oh, hey, red whiskers. He used to call me red whiskers. (laughs) Red beard. But uh, but I could just go real quick and tell the listeners where they can find me if they yes. want to check out The Wicked Planet if they haven't already. Please do. But uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ron from New England or uh, also on Instagram, The Wicked Planet Podcast. You can find me there. I'm also on Twitter at Ron from NE. I don't do much on Twitter. Instagram is my go-to. I like, I like Instagram. Yeah.
2: Yes.
4: And The Wicked Planet Podcast comes out. It's once a week for now. Once in a while, I'll throw out some bonus shows. But if they want to come find me, go on any podcasting, streaming app, Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbeam, Spreaker, whatever. Yep. You know, Wherever you can find upstate, upstate Unconventional, you can find The Wicked Planet.
1: Yes. And yes. please go listen because I am telling you people, it is my favorite podcast. I love Ron. I, love I am Fox very TV.
4: flattered to hear that. It's Thank true,
0: you. right? And we got to tell you something funny real quick.
1: Oh, yeah. Real quick.
0: <laughs> so it's a couple of days ago. I was like, "Who who do we got coming on the show?" She's doing all the booking now. She's like, "Oh, we got Ron on Thursday, and we also have Ron Weed coming on next week." So I was like, "Which oh, Ron, Ron?" He's a good guy. And yeah. I was like, "Which Ron?" And she goes, "Ron from New England." And in the our little guy sitting at the table, like eating chips, and he goes, "Ron, what's going on?"
4: Are you serious?
0: And I this was like, "This little shit hears
4: everything."
1: It was fantastic. Oh God, we were so like, funny. "What?" So it was very cute.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I always write that, you know, I always click on the explicit button on anchor when I go to publish the episodes. Yeah. I always tell people, I always, when people ask me about my show, like they'll come up into my office and they'll see all these microphones and they go, what do you got going on here? Right. I, tell them, right? Mm-hmm. I said, but it's not a Sunday afternoon. Sit down and listen to it you with your family. Right. Oh, yes. right. Uh, Anyways, it's all great. Hey guys, thank you for having me on. Had a great time. Uh, and just give me a heads up when the episode's out, and I'll do some sound bites and we'll cross promote it.
1: Awesome.
4: awesome. Thanks, Ron. And we'll do this again, too. So, yes, oh. yeah, please. This
0: is unfinished business.
1: Yeah, so. this doesn't end here.
4: Well, what we're going to do is on a Wednesday night when Buckley's in, in the studio, mm-hmm. we'll have you come on on a Wednesday night. So, you let me know what Wednesday night's going to work for you.
1: I would love that.
4: All right. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Ron. Adios, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.